Welcome to the International Baseball Community Podcast. I'm your host, David Burns, and this is episode number 24. Today I have Aaron Brandt on the podcast. Uh, Aaron just wrapped up a season in uh, Melbourne, Australia, playing for the St. Kilda Saints. And prior to that, he spent the summer of 2013 in Belgium playing for the Namur Angels. Aaron's story is a typical one these days. I, I hear often of players and coaches uh, taking their career to Europe and then straight away uh, off to Australia. So there's plenty of opportunities to do that out there. Uh, play baseball year-round, get paid to do it, see the world while you're at it. So pretty good gig. So let's listen to Aaron's story and let's get on with episode number 24 ASAP. Powered by Metal Punk Media, your sports marketing agency. We put sports center stage. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, let's start off with Belgium. Uh, I know that you signed on with the club in Belgium for 2013, and I really don't know a lot about the, the Belgium league, uh, so that'd be great if you could fill us in a little bit. But maybe first of all, before we get there, can you fill us in about, uh, about your baseball background and, uh, you know, and then how you ended up over in Belgium? Okay, well... Uh... I've been playing baseball now for about 20 years. Uh, played high school, college, played Division Two at St. Leo, and then ended up in Belgium, actually, because a friend of mine found the website, said good things about it, so I joined the website and had a couple offers within a couple weeks, and from there, it was just saving money, finding the team, doing some research, and uh, found the right one. Oh, that's great. Uh, so w- which club did you end up with over in Belgium? Uh, the Namur Angels. Yeah, the New Era. and and someone else has uh, signed on with them as well from the website. I, I who's the other player? Yes, uh, Harry Clark signed there as well as uh, Nick Gentile. Oh, okay. So they brought three of you. I didn't actually know about Nick. Okay, but because he's kind of a, a more recent member of the website, so I think he joined after the fact. Maybe after talking to you. I don't know. Yeah, that was when he joined. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so let's start off with uh, the the Belgium first division. How many clubs are in the first division? Um, I actually have to look it up really quick. Let me see. Yeah, okay. Well, I know they've had some changes as well recently. Uh, the top club from last year uh, folded. It sounds like you know. So I, yeah, I think they just kind of uh, really focused on going back to the younger leagues and kind of got away from the top league. Okay, so they win a championship and then they decide to focus on their youth. So maybe they were all at that age where they're just okay. We want a championship. Let's pack it in. And so those are that, yeah. that's called the Hoboken Pioneers. For anyone that's listening, uh, pretty much if they're uh, if you find them over the internet, uh, they're they're no longer no no longer bringing over anybody. So and there's uh, seven teams in the league. There's seven teams. Okay. So without them, I guess there used to be eight or maybe they promoted somebody, I'm not sure. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, I, maybe I'll ask you a little bit about the, the the top clubs that you recognize throughout the league. Like, is it a, a fairly um, competitive league, or are there some top some clubs that are kind of dominating the league, or how does that how does that go? Uh, it was fairly competitive. There were really two top teams: the uh, the Brass Cat Braves and the Squirrels. Mm-hmm. They, those two were the the dominant teams we played. They had a couple guys on the team from that played on the the Belgian national team. Uh-huh. So they they were a little bit more top heavy on the league. The rest of it, though, there's really pretty even competition. Once you got past those top two, everybody had their import pitcher. The uh, the only difference the top two teams they had a little bit more depth. They had some, you know, three or four pitchers as opposed to one or two, which really helps when you're playing doubleheaders on the weekend. I see. And, and are those foreign pitchers, or you mean they're they're Belgian pitchers? They had more Belgian pitchers, and uh, they had more Belgian pitching. Uh, from from what they said, uh, the guys kind of change teams year to year depending on, you know, who has the better team. So it seems like a lot of the guys really flock to those two teams there. I see. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I know it's a small country, and and I have noticed that, you know, uh, I looked at some of the history over the, of the league a little bit. I remember stumbling upon it one time, and there really wasn't a clear cut club that always seems to win. It's kind of been juggling around. So I guess it's wherever they all decide to go that year. Or yeah, and uh, I think a lot of that has to do with because out of the seventeen, six are based in Antwerp. So we were the only one that was based outside of there. So uh-huh. there's guys that have access to multiple clubs if I they see. wanted to. Okay, that's interesting. So how far is that away from where from the mirror? Um, it's about 45 minutes to an hour, somewhere in there. So not too bad. That's nice. So really, very little traveling. And yes, very little. Great. Um, maybe you can give me an idea of. of you already have a little bit uh, the number of imports ports per team on on average, I guess. All right, because there's three within your club. Or is that a normal thing? Or there was, I would say, at least two per club. They usually brought over a pitcher and a position player. Some had some had three, yeah. and some were kind of they brought one or two over, and then if one goes home, they bring another one over. So there were, I would say, on average, two to three. Okay. Did you notice if there's any opportunities for uh, a coach to, to head over there, an import coach? Um, I think a lot of, if you were going to be doing some coaching, it was going to be in addition to playing. Okay. Yeah. So there were guys that, you know, did some coaching on the teams, but a lot of the coaching was coaching at youth level. Yeah. So they would bring you over, you'd play, and then do coaching on the days you weren't practicing or playing. Okay. And that was that your role? That was our role, yes. Yeah, all three of you. The three of you kind of split the coaching duties among the whole club, and uh, they did. We uh, we ended up doing a lot of. We coached the the reserves team. Mm-hmm. Just kind of had free reign of the reserves team. We coached. There was um, a really young division like T ball age. There was another team ten to twelve, and then there was another team thirteen to fifteen, mm-hmm. and so we all had coaching one team on whatever particular day it was going to be. I see. And uh, as far as the, the compensation, we're, you know, I know some clubs can get, you know, there's a variety of different uh, ways of bringing over imports. Sometimes they just offer a coach and maybe a job, but I, I believe in Belgium it's probably pretty standard with Austria here where they offer a return flight 
uh, you know, they set you up in an apartment and uh, maybe a small salary. Does that sound about right? They, that's how it was. They had us, uh, all three of us stayed with the coach there. Um, he had a pretty decent-sized house. So the three of us stayed with him. Yeah. And what it was was they would pay you a monthly salary. And then with the return flight, they paid you uh, – you booked the you booked the flight, and then they would pay you a couple hundred euros back each month that you were there. So that that way, if you ended up leaving early, uh, it's not they don't take the hit so much. That's a, that's a good that's a good way of doing things because that does tend to be the problem sometimes. Is either guys will get hurt or the or they'll just leave early for whatever reason, and and so that the, the clubs are really. Uh, you know, sometimes they're very skeptical when they're bringing over guys because they just don't want that to happen. They're on a small budget, and so that's a pretty interesting way of doing that. So that's um, what did you notice throughout the? If were there any opportunities in the second league, or did you notice anything about the second league, or, or did you play in exhibition uh, games? And did you do you know of any importing going on there? I think there was some importing. I know. Uh, Nick had Nick played with a guy in college who imported for a second team in Belgium. So I'm assuming there is some importing done. Probably not quite on the scale as there was in the first division. Yeah, okay. but I think it depended on the team because I know they said that team was making a push to try to get bumped up at the first division the following year. So they imported a guy to bring him in. Okay. Yeah, it's just interesting. Uh, I know the Belgium, uh, you know, the top club in Belgium usually, you know plays in the a pool of the european cup and that's always an interesting thing as well if a guy wanted to kind of get ex- gain exposure to some of the top clubs in europe that's the way to go about it is try to get on with the club in, in belgium uh okay what about lifestyle off the field how what is belgium like and and did you get a chance to kind of hop on a train and travel and see some of europe or it was uh, it was pretty laid back. We ended up having we had one day off a week where it was a complete off day. Mm-hmm. So we typically go and hop on a train, go see a couple of smaller cities in Belgium, yeah. and then we had a, a month long break in between the seasons. So they had first half and second half, and that month long break, all three of us ended up just going traveling around for a solid three weeks. Wow, a whole month right in the middle of the season. Yeah, so that was uh, was a nice break. Yeah, that's a good opportunity. And I guess now that you've moved on to Australia, that was kind of a nice break on your arm too as well. Exactly. It worked out nicely, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to to Australia then. Uh, Are you there right now? Yeah, you're there right now. I am. Uh, And you're playing in in the Victoria Summer League, I believe is what it's called. I am. For the St. Kilda Kilda Saints? St. Kilda Saints. Yeah. Okay, that's that's pretty that's pretty cool that you're playing there because uh, that's the one league that I really have no information about so far. I, I know of the league, and there's clubs of on the league uh, or in the league on my website, but uh, I really have yet to speak to anybody about the going ons there and everything. So maybe you could just start off by telling us how you ended up in Australia now after Belgium. Um, actually, I got contacted right after college by the president of the club asking if I was interested in going and playing. And uh, it was something where the timing wasn't right, kind of fell through, and I told him, you know, the following year I would definitely be interested and just ended up contacting me when I had a couple weeks left in Belgium, said, hey, it's a go. So that's so how did he how did he know about you? Did he know somebody or did he see you play when he was maybe in the States or something like that? 
I'm really not sure. I know he's from Florida, so I don't know if he had a couple contacts there, or uh-huh. I'm not really sure how it works because they are a second division club as well. Yeah, and I know that normally in Australia they don't, actually don't really pay you much. They set you up with a job, and usually the jobs pay well, and they'll they'll maybe give you an apartment or something, and occasionally they will pay your flight. But uh, for them to go, you know, to really go and pick their guy and like that is is pretty interesting to hear. Um, so how did how does that work out? Did you have to pay your own way? Or are you are they are they helping you out there funding wise? This one they uh, they paid for the return flight and then they pretty much pay my way until I can find a job. They help set me up with a job. You know, try to use the contacts within the club to find something. So okay, that's from what I hear. That's pretty standard. Yeah. So you're working now. You have a job there. Not yet. Still looking. So. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's so the Victoria League. Uh, do you have an idea how many clubs are playing there, and if there's other opportunities for imports there, like within other clubs? Have you noticed there's other imports? Um, there's usually there's on the. This is just the second division. I've noticed that every club we've played so far, there's at least one import, and it's. I would say exclusively a pitcher that we've seen because uh, we only play one game a week here. Mm-hmm. So the key thing for them is to bring over a pitcher. Yeah. So, and that's what I've noticed is it's been a lot of pitchers, and I know the top clubs do some some importing there as well. I think they do a little bit more so than the second division. I see. Yeah. Oh, so you're – okay, I'm trying to get an idea here because there's the Australian Baseball League and then there's state leagues. Uh, and this sounds – I believe that this is like the Victoria State League in a sense. Um, so are you saying your second league in within those state leagues? The second league within the state leagues. Oh, okay, okay. That's interesting. I'll have to read up on that a little more, do a little more research. I was thinking that you're in the state league. So that's actually – that's pretty cool to hear that the importing goes pretty deep then within uh, Victoria there. And, and so that's in the area of the Melbourne Aces. Uh, is that correct? It is. We actually, uh, we have a couple games during the week throughout the season and most of our weekday games are played at their stadium. Uh-huh. Wow. That's pretty cool. Um, okay. Have you heard of anybody getting called up maybe from the first division state league, uh, called up to the Melbourne Aces or anything like that? Um, I've heard a little bit of both, actually. There was a, a guy that we played against that was imported here, and he kind of splits duties, I guess, plays for the Aces and also plays for the State League. I think they both play on the weekends. Yeah. So for pitchers, it's kind of tough, but they play. I think the Aces are Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. and all the games that we've played so far have been on a Sunday. So there is an opportunity Okay, and just want a little bit more. I just wanted to get an idea of, of what it's like in, in in that part of Australia. Uh, you know, are you are you kind of in the middle of nowhere? Or are you near some water, or is it a metropolitan? Oh, I mean, we're uh, right on the water, and I mean, right in the middle of the city. Um, a twenty minute walk from the city center here, so it's uh, a pretty nice location. Okay, and that's in Melbourne. Yes, it's in Melbourne here. Okay, wow, that's pretty cool. So you, you got it, you got it made there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sounds good because I know when you're going to Australia, you have to kind of be aware you could end up in the outback there somewhere or something. So, so you kind exactly. of need to do your yeah. research and and check and see where you're going. Not that that would be a bad thing, but probably not a lot to do either. So, um, mm-hmm. 
Good. Thanks, Aaron. I appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, maybe to part or to end this interview, maybe if you have any, uh, if you have a tip or, or something like that, you, for any other guys looking to go and play in Europe or Australia, you know, um, you know, just how to go about it and, and, or anything that you, you want to share that you feel might give them an, uh, an advantage. I would say that uh, the biggest thing is do your research when you know where you're, when you're trying to find out which club you want to go to or find out how to go about it. That's the biggest thing is just looking into all the different clubs, looking into the location. Kind of I, something I did is I got in contact with the previous year imports just to find kind of get an idea of the day to day. So because if you come over with a better idea of what you're going to be getting into. It makes it a lot less likely for guys to be leaving, and it just makes it a lot better experience. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Uh, you know, a lot of guys will just be so excited about coming over to Europe, but maybe it's not as peachy keen as you might think it is. You know, so if you, if you kind of really look into where you're going, and I like the idea of, of calling up an import, or, or you could pretty much find anybody these days. So just ask a few questions of from him, and and just see what you're getting yourself into. So. Exactly. Good. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, best of luck to you, and uh, maybe we'll see you over in Europe in 2014. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. You too. Powered by Middle Punk Media, your sports marketing agency. We put sports center stage. That wraps up episode number 24. Another unreal story. I'm super jealous. I wish I took more advantage of my time when I came over here way back in 99. Uh, but those of you that are currently searching, you know what to do. Work hard. Work your butt off. Uh, off the field, on the field. Put up some numbers. Network. And uh, it's only going to open up more doors when you do that. So if you manage to land a job. I'm also talking to a number of guys that uh, have a you know have a choice between a couple of uh, a couple of clubs, uh, but they're always looking for a, a higher level of baseball. And I understand that you want to play the highest level of baseball as possible, but at the same time, if you pass uh, pass up these opportunities when they're when they're thrown your way, you may not get another one. So get your foot in the door with some of these clubs in European uh, second divisions, and uh, it'll open the door to to bigger and better things. I guarantee it. So. Uh, just a little tip there at the end for you, for those, for those of you guys that are on the fence right now. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, I'd appreciate it if you share it or like it, or uh, even better, leave a comment. Let me know your thoughts or give me some feedback of uh, some inside information that you have on either of these leagues. Uh, or if you know somebody or you yourself have uh, played some baseball overseas, I'd love to hear about it. So email me at internationalbaseballcommunity at gmail.com. Until next time, take care, everybody. Today is April 8th, 2014. Uh, if you're catching this episode sometime before June 6th to 9th, uh, and you're going to be in Europe, head over to Atnang Puchheim, Austria, for the Finkston Ball Baseball Tournament and Festival. Uh, so I'm going to leave you with a track from one of the bands that will be playing live air at the baseball field this, uh, this early June. This is My Time, My City, by the boys from Atnampulheim, Austria, Wambam Body Slam. Mm-hmm.
Well, it's all my time and my city from the riverbanks to my little pretty. And I fell blast now. I run fast now. I went away, but I gotta come home tonight. Back in the days of life and then at night And it was all about a game, a kiss, a fight A streets, a lakes and woods, that's where we used to go I never thought how much my world is gonna grow But here I am tonight Tonight. 